We're back 1008 on uh, KOA News Radio. Significance here, Millennial Grant? Yeah, member of TLC, Tion Watkins, stage name T Boz, 51 today. And I thought it just fit, you know, because Benjamin Albright's no scrub, so <laughs> give him a little love today. Yeah. Been a big TLC guy? He should be. Hey, hey, why wouldn't he be? Lisa Left Eye is the one who passed, right? Yeah, yeah in she's the gone. plane. Yeah. No, no, it was right? a car crash, I think. Oh, was it? I think so. I'll look it up. I don't think it was a plane crash. I don't either. That doesn't... I thought she was in another Aaliyah country. Was, oh, yeah, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, Aaliyah drove the a, Jeep. Aaliyah was in the plane crash. So then, yeah. Well, remember Andre Risen, wasn't that her husband? I don't know if they were husband and wife, but... But he, something with burning down the house. Did she burn down his mansion? Yeah. And they stayed together for a minute. <laughs> For a minute after she burst. That's true love right there. And Lisa Left Eye Lopez did die in an automobile accident in Honduras. Dave, look at you. Don't proud, ever proud of me in that poll, right? Dave's memory. That's true. Dave's memory is ridiculous. Proud of me in that poll. Yeah, that's true. I mean, who would know that I'm a TLC fan? <laughs> uh, 10 on, I, I, I do remember the mansion burning down. I'm thinking, man. That, that was, was weird. Um, Andre Risen. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Time to uh, talk with Benjamin Albright, our KOA Broncos and NFL Insider, brought to you by Coloradans for responsible energy development. You can get the facts on how oil and gas is benefiting Colorado and all Coloradans at cred.org. That is C-R-E-D dot org. Morning, Ben. How are things? I'm uh, doing all right. I'm not chasing any waterfalls sticking in the, the rivers and the lakes that I'm used to. Nice. <laughs> nice. I see how this how this works. Are you we we uh, before we got you on, we were talking about the upcoming draft and we'll be covering the draft obviously starting Thursday night at five o'clock. But I, I am to the point of just being worn out with all of the um messages and all of the takes and all the mock drafts. I'm just ready to get this thing going. I mean, you you do this, you follow that a hell of a lot more closely than me. Is this a typical lead up to a draft this year or are we seeing a little bit more than normal? I think it's typical in a lot of regards. Uh, I think the advent of social media has just kind of got uh, most fans drinking information through a fire hose, and some of it's not information. Some of it's just garbage for attention. Um, I I think that that COVID has kind of changed some of the way that information has gotten these days, and you can kind of tell – uh, which people are actually connected and which people aren't by, um, you know, kind of who has information this year and who doesn't. But uh, overall, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's any more or less worse than any other year. It's just that frenzy and everybody wants to know. Hey, Ben, one of your uh, fellow NFL insiders, Ian Rappaport, saying that the Niners will take either Mac Jones or Trey Lance at number three. We were just talking about that. Why would they have to go up to number three if if it's Mac Jones? Because I don't see any mocks that had Mac Jones going even close to that high. 
Well, um, I think you go up that high to get your guy. I don't know that necessarily, you know, Mac Jones. You, we've had this discussion before. I've, I've thought it was Trey Lance the entire time. We'll see. If they surprise me and take Mac Jones, then they, then they take Mac Jones. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see on that. As far as the rest of it goes, though, I, I think that the Niners were comfortable with three different quarterbacks. I, I think they had Zach Wilson uh, high on their board. I think they had Trevor Lawrence high on their board. And then whoever this third quarterback is. And I, I think they felt like they get to three, they get one of those three, and they're good to go. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that, like I said, I don't know that it's necessarily Mac Jones, but I think they just wanted to make sure they got their guy. We're talking to Benjamin Albright, uh, our KOA and Broncos uh, and NFL Insider. We were talking earlier, Ben, about, uh, to me, Atlanta holds the key to the draft at four. I know there is much speculation that Kyle Pitts is going to be the guy. I've also heard a couple of uh, NFL insiders, draft gurus, whatever, whatever the title, say that they're not certain that Atlanta would definitely be out of the quarterback business. What's your, what's your best take some four or five days before the draft on what Atlanta will do? Well, I can tell you that Trey Lance was a guy that Terry Fontenot liked a lot. Terry Fontenot was the runner-up for the general manager job here in Denver, um, and Trey, Trey Lance was kind of his guy this draft. Arthur Smith, very keen on Kyle Pitts. You can look at his work with Johnny Smith in Tennessee and see what he could do with a guy that you know that kind of talent. Um, I, I don't think they're 100% on Pitts, but I think is if the draft happened today, that's the way it would go. They've kind of had a three-way discussion there about what to do with that pick. Uh, do you take Pitts? Do you take Trey Lance? Or, or even Justin Fields, and uh, or do you trade back? The Falcons are in a bit of a cap crunch. Um, they've got $4 million in available space right now. They're going to have to figure something out. And so trading back would allow them to get younger and cheaper at maybe some other positions. So there are some, some philosophical discussions there. I, I think they ultimately land on pits, but as it sits right now, they're, you know, they're still kind of mulling those decisions over. As we sit here today, the Broncos have the ninth overall selection. I thought it was interesting that George Payton said, yes, they have – they have talked to some teams about moving back, but they have not talked to anybody about moving up, even though that story is out there that they, in fact, had called Atlanta. Um, the Patriots and the Washington football team both look like they're going to be in the quarterback business. How likely is it that one of those two teams winds up jumping in front of the Broncos on Thursday? I think it's possible. I think it's very possible, um, bordering on probable, especially with New England. I, I don't know that Washington wants to wants to take that leap as much as you know. If something fell in their lap, they'd be a lot uh, happier. Uh, and don't discount Chicago in that conversation either. By the way, um, I, I think that you know it, Washington really likes Trey Lance, and you know if he were back there far enough, they might might look at that. Uh, New England's on different quarterbacks. New England likes Justin Fields and Mac Jones, so it really does depend on what happens at three and four in terms of which one of these teams would be in the market to do that move up. So, Ben, it sounds like uh, even if one of these quarterbacks drops to nine where the Broncos could get one, Justin Fields or any of them, that they probably will not take a quarterback that high in the draft. Is that what you're thinking? Um, you know, I, I really don't think they're trading up. Let's start there. I do not think they're trading up. They, they could stun me and do that, but I don't think that they're trading up. If a quarterback's there at nine, I think they'd have the discussion. And, and if a very specific quarterback was there, I think that'd be a long and hard discussion. But I believe that the Broncos' preference in this draft is to trade backwards. I believe that's their preference. Now, whether or not they pull that off and are able to do that, we'll see. Um, but I, I, I don't think they're sold on these quarterbacks as much as maybe the fans and media are. From the uh, 719213, and again, we're talking to Benjamin Albright, 
the Texas, why not draft a quarterback out of Texas A&M, obviously referring to Kellen Mond. I think he would be a better player. What, what uh, you, You've studied this draft quite a bit. What uh, what do you think about Kellen Mond in terms of is he a is he a third round guy where where does he fit in this draft? Well, he's he's probably going to go in the second round and probably the early second round at that, similar to the way Drew Locke did um, a couple years ago. The thing about Kellen Mond, and I, I, I like Kellen Mond, I think he's going to be you know he's going to be in the league a few years. Um, the thing about Kellen Mond and, and Jimbo Fisher quarterbacks in general is they usually come into the league kind of topped out. You know, Jimbo's usually coached them up to. To, to their max potential, and there's really not a whole lot of growth room. You go back and look at guys he's had before, guys like E.J. Manuel, Christian Ponder, et cetera, and most of those guys arrived in the league already maxed out in terms of coaching. So, you know, I, I don't know that Keller Mond has the upside and the growth to be the guy. You probably have to spend that 40th pick on him, and I think that's kind of reserved for a uh, potential successor to Kareem Jackson if you're the Denver Broncos. One thing that uh, George Payton has made clear is that the Broncos will bring in somebody to push Drew Locke. So if it's not a rookie quarterback, um, you're thinking uh, Teddy Bridgewater, from what I can tell. Yeah, I think that's that's the leader in the clubhouse. Obviously, you've got relationships there with Pat Shermer and George Payton. The key there would be getting Carolina to eat some of that contract. The Broncos are not trading for that contract as is, which is uh, – uh, a bit too hefty. Um, if Carolina were to eat some of that contract, then I think the Broncos would be um, more than happy to send a mid-round pick over there, bring him in, and let him be competition for Drew Locke. Again, we're talking to uh, Benjamin Albright, KOA Broncos and NFL Insider here at 1017 on this Monday morning. If they stay at 9, uh, one of the guys that uh, a lot of people in the media are talking about is Micah Parsons. What's your overall view of the linebacker out of Penn State? Well, he's he's a great athlete. Um, I, I I think his best fit is more as a will, although people have been kind of trying to project him as a Mike. Um, I, I think that uh, you know he's he's a, a top tier athlete, great tackler, great hitter, great speed, great athleticism. Um, he's better going sideline to sideline and downhill than he is away from the ball. Not really a great man matchup against tight ends, um, although that has been kind of the thing people have been projecting him as, which is odd to me. Um, he has some off field, and that's that's the real concerning part. Uh, dating back to high school, um, he has some off field. He has some off field in college, uh, and then his personality is just. Uh, uh, different. Um, I, I know an agent that was looking to try to represent him coming out of Penn State, and after he took a meeting with him, refused to rep him. Um, he's just a he's just a different guy, and you're going to need the right kind of coach to be able to handle that. So what I mean, break that down. What what are you, what are you talking about in terms of him being a different kind of guy? His, his personality is uh, is, is hyper aggressive, and I, like I don't want to put this agent's name out there, but there was a bit of what he claimed was almost a psychopathy with with referring to uh, how he approached meetings with people. Um, this agent went into a meeting with this 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 uh, Micah Parsons. It was planned meeting, uh, and sat down. Micah didn't speak to him for twelve minutes while he played a video game. Didn't acknowledge he was in the room, uh, and then turned around and made a monetary demand before they even proceeded with co- with uh, with a talk. So um, just. Just a different kind of person, just hmm. a, a very different person. Well, and we've seen a lot of great linebackers over the years in the NFL that were kind of different. Um, you know, sometimes those guys make the best players. Uh, this might be a different NFL now today where, you know, they, they read so much into all of this testing that they do that they wouldn't take a different kind of cat, you know, like a Lyle Alzado who wasn't a linebacker. Um, even Matt Millen. You know, Matt Millen was known to be kind of a different kind of dude uh, back in the day, think of Dick Butkus and all of those guys, man, uh, that were different. 
and unique. So the NFL now may be a little more cautious? Perhaps, or maybe even, you know, I mean, we always say that genius tends to come out a little different, too. I mean, you know, you to the to the credit of the linebackers you were saying, we could talk about Lawrence Taylor as well, or Bill Romanowski, both had great careers sure. that were kind of different human beings. So that's not to say he can't be a great player. It's more a cautionary tale that you're going to need a coach that can handle that. Gotcha. Uh, last text, why not, uh, why not take a quarterback at nine if either Fields or Lance is there? So your, your take is the Broncos, uh, probably, not probably, they definitely got a pecking order in terms of quarterbacks they like first, second, third, and fourth. If the guy they like, I mean, let's just say first, is available at nine, you're saying that's a discussion they have to have, pretty deep discussion. Well, yeah, if you believe in a quarterback, you have to have that discussion. I mean, you do. Um, if you don't believe in the guy and you don't believe in him enough to trade up for him, then you know, then what are you doing? Why Are you just taking a guy just to take him? Does that improve you? Does that make you better? Um, and so I, I, I don't know that just taking a quarterback for the sake of taking a quarterback is necessarily a great idea. Uh, that's that to me. That's how you wind up with the Paxton Lynches of the world, where you know you're kind of backdoored into something. You take a guy just to take him, and then you you set your franchise back a few years while you invest time in the guy, hoping he develops. So uh, they've already got a guy that they could you know put time into trying to developing. So I, I think that if you don't believe that, that that quarterback is the franchise guy, I believe you pass on him. Hey Ben, what do you think of the Pro Football Focus evaluation of the Broncos roster? They had him rated six best in the NFL. I, you know, I think the Broncos have a very good roster. Um, I believe they had 11 games last year that were uh, within one score, win or loss, which would have been uh, third third most in the NFL. So that's that's a coin flip either way. So you're talking about a team that's losing small in most cases, unless they're, you know, unless they're getting blown out by Buffalo. But you know, Buffalo blew everybody out just about. So you know, I, I think the Broncos team is very close. I think you need more consistent quarterback play, whether that's Drew Locke, whether that's a replacement. Um, I think there's a few holes and some depth you need to get, and you know, they had a horrific amount of injuries on defense last year so i would say that that evaluation of the offense probably not that or that evaluation of the roster is probably not that far off last question uh offensive line even though they have uh they've gotten better and certainly have ranked better and it seems like the broncos feel pretty good about what they're doing on the offensive line uh is the offensive line in play if the broncos stay at nine I believe so. Uh, I believe Rashawn Slater would be in play there. Um, I really like him out of Northwestern. Versatile guy. Can actually play all five positions on the line, although I think his best position is probably guard. He can certainly play tackle as well. Um, if you really want to see some outstanding tape, go back and watch him take on Chase Young uh, two years ago and absolutely stymie him. And then you know, we all saw what Chase Young was able to do in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I think that would be a name that would be in play there. Okay. Ben, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks, yeah, Ben. Benjamin Albright, KOA Broncos and NFL Insider, brought to you by Coloradans for responsible energy development. You can get the facts on how oil and gas is benefiting Colorado and all Coloradans. Do so at cred.org. That is C-R-E-D.org.